I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey guys, Steve here. You are listening to one of our original 26 episodes. If you've listened to any of our new episodes, you're going to notice that we're sounding a little different in these ones. Yeah, there's a reason for that. There is. They've been remastered. They have been remastered. Because they had a really annoying hum. Yeah, I mean, a huge thanks to uh, listener James for doing almost all of the legwork on this yes. thing. Yeah. You'll also notice if you had listened to what we're calling the Lost 26 episodes before, and you're re-listening now, the music and sound effects are gone. Yes, yeah. we've, we've gone back to straight audio. So be warned, we sound a little different today than we do in what you're about to listen to. Yeah. Enjoy. Uh -huh. Bye. Okay, bye. Thinking Sideways. Stories of things we simply don't know the answer to. Well, hello. Welcome to the show. And uh, tonight we're going to talk about something extremely mysterious, something some of you may have heard about before, but probably not. Um, I'm Joe. I'm Devin. I'm Steve. And this is Thinking Sideways. Most of you have probably not heard of the mystery of Caspar Hauser, which is something that actually occupied a good deal of Germany and even the rest of Europe in the 19th century. So... Let's start from the beginning. Well, from the, from the very beginning, I'll tell you how I heard the story first. Years ago, I read in this book uh, by this guy named Frank Somebody, who wrote a lot of lurid, a lot of lurid books about crap that never really happened. Uh, I, he, he wrote this very, very lurid account of the whole thing, which is that this boy mysteriously shows up in the town of Hamburg, Germany, and he was not able to say anything except, "I want to be a soldier like my father," and then, uh, and then. Uh, he sort of is, hangs around for several years, you know, picks up a few social skills, you know, beyond being able to say, I want to be a soldier like my father. But uh, then eventually uh, is murdered. He comes stumbling out of this park in Hamburg and with a, a, a mortal knife wound in his chest, and he dies several days later. Most mysteriously of all, this murder takes place in the middle of winter. There's snow on the ground, and there's no footprints but his own in this park. Dun, dun, dun. Uh-huh, exactly, yeah. So that, that was my first exposure to Casper Hauser's mystery. So it's a good way to make a living, though, just like picking up stuff like this and spinning really lurid tales out of it and putting in these books and selling them and making money. Well, that's, that's going to be my next side job. Uh, that's kind of what we're going to do here when we start getting advertisers. So anyway... So here's a story as it happened. Uh, the briefly, uh, May 1828, uh, a boy of approximately 16 years old appears in the streets of Nuremberg, Germany. Um, he had a letter with him addressed to the captain of the 4th Squadron of the 6th Cavalry Regiment, Captain von Wessening. And he was taken, uh, he was taken to this captain by a, uh, sh a shoemaker who happened to spot him on the streets. And apparently, according to legend, he was... Casper Hauser was walking unsteadily, almost as if drunk. And so the shoemaker takes an interest in him and, and 
when he walks up to him, he hands this letter to him, and the letter is addressed to the captain. He is taken by the shoemaker to meet the captain, who is uh, apparently not at home at the moment. So the servants have them wait out in the garden, and they give them some food, which includes sausage and beer, which Casper spits out what? as if he has never... I know, exactly. As, as beer and sausage is I know, awesome. I know. As if he has never had these things before, but eventually he, he uh, does eat some bread and water. And eats him as if he's quite hungry. Well, eventually, when the captain comes home and gets to read this letter, the letter says, quote, from the Bavarian border, the place is unnamed. The author said the boy was given into his custody as an infant on 7 October 1812. He instructed him in reading, writing, and Christian religion, but never let him take, quote, a single step out of my house, unquote. Uh, the letter stated the boy would now like to be a cavalryman as his father was and invited the captain either to take him in or to hang him. Oh, that's that's nice. Fatherly, yeah. really fatherly. Yes. Yeah, he actually, well, you know, this was actually not the father of the child. The father, this, this was somebody apparently who supposedly was just a day laborer or something and, and didn't have a lot of cash laying around. Uh, the infant was given to him by supposedly Casper's mother. Who's, and the father had had actually apparently, according to her in this letter, been in this in this cavalry infantry, and so the intention was is that he should be raised to the, the age of seventeen or sixteen or whatever the proper age is, and then become a soldier in this cavalry. So anyway, so he came with two letters. There was this one, and there was another one, supposedly from his mother to the caretaker who wrote the other letter. It said his name was Casper, and he was born on. In on April 30th, 1812, and his father, a cavalryman of the 6th Regiment, was dead. At this point, he is taken into custody and put in what's called the Vestner Gate Tower in, in care of a jailer. And so he essentially is being watched over by this guy and his family and his kids. And he is exhibiting some strange behaviors. Uh, and, and later on, he wound up writing his own autobiography in which he claimed that he had been kept in a hole in the ground, which was about two meters wide by a meter and a half wide by a meter and a half tall. So convert that to feet. That's three foot by about, six foot? That's no, about, yeah, about six feet by about six feet by about four, five feet by about five feet tall. With a straw mat to sleep on. Okay. And he was That's fed. a very small cell. Yeah. Fed bread and water. And the only thing he had to play with was a carved wooden horse. Hmm. Yes. So, Kids so, today are way spoiled. All yeah. he had was a carved horse and he was happy. I know. Um, I, know. I don't know happy is the right word. <laughs> yeah. All right. You got me there. Yeah. So he was mostly in a darkened cell. He... He would find bread and water next to his bed every morning. Um, occasionally, the water would taste bitter, and drinking it would cause him to sleep more heavily. Because obviously, he'd been roofied. And, uh, <laughs> and on, on such occasions, when he woke up, he'd find his nails had been trimmed, and his hair had been cut, and his bed had been changed. And so he was kept alone in this dark little cell, according to himself, for, for many, many years. And eventually the guy that was keeping him in the cell took him out and they went on a little road trip on foot to Nuremberg where this guy basically took him to the city limits and then cut him loose and he wandered to the street and and uh, the rest is history. So he's found by the shoemaker, taken to the captain, turned over to the jailer who keeps him in custody for a while. And he went through a period of several years when he was um, under the care and tutelage of various people. 
and he quickly learned to read and write. In fact, suspiciously so, according to, according to some people, because he came in basically being kind of a kind of almost a feral child, barely able to speak, barely you know unable to eat, read, and write. I, I probably didn't mention that after the captain took him to the police station, uh, when he was not able to get a coherent answer out of him about anything. And uh, one of the policemen had this idea to hand him a pen and a piece of paper, and so he wrote his name, Casper Hauser, on the, on that. Other than that, he was not able to say much other than, you know, I don't know, and I want to be a soldier like my father. Wait, so somebody took the time to, though not hang out with him, teach him how to sign his name? Yeah, I know. It's a little weird, isn't it? Yeah. That, 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 that smells a little fishy. Yeah, I know, I know. There's, there's that, and there's a lot about it, which is one of the things about the story that's the, one of the most interesting things about the story, is that it still captures so many people's imagination. Okay, well let's when, let's hear what else happened because I'm 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 still skeptical. Yeah, yeah, well, exactly, exactly. There's a lot about it that's still a mystery, but you know, I mean, we're here. We're all about solving mysteries. So all of you out there who've been puzzling for decades over this mystery, we're going to solve it for you tonight. So he, as I said, I'm, and I'm not going to go into great detail about this stuff, about the various people he came under the tutelage of. Uh, one of them was an English nobleman uh, named Lord Stanhope, who was a great philanthropist, and who actually, once he took him under his wing, paid his living expenses for the rest of his life, which actually didn't go on for very long. I'll, I'll run back a little bit. There was an incident where he was cut in the forehead, um, and according to him, he he somebody and he said it was the same person uh the same guy who took him to nuremberg the person who raised him the person yeah the same man uh showed up slashed him with a knife on the forehead and basically said if you leave if you leave this city you are a dead man it's still kind of ambiguous as to whether this actually happened or whether perhaps he inflicted the wound on himself mm-hmm. um, and so there was that uh, along about 1829 or so there began to be speculation because word got out about Casper uh, that and people came from all over the city to see him because he was such a curiosity and word got out a rumor started that he was perhaps royalty and that perhaps he had he was actually a prince of the house of Baden and I'm not a student of European royalty. Apparently, Baden is related to uh, the House of Baden is related to Napoleon, etc. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so, so it's a long lineage or a well-known lineage. Yeah. And so, anyway, so apparently uh, there was a prince born in 1812 who died at the age of about two and a half weeks. And hmm. yeah, and the story goes that that perhaps there was a, a competing contingent contingent of the family. That because Casper, if he was indeed the prince, would have been the last surviving line, or last surviving person in that line, and mm-hmm. therefore would have gone over to like the father's brother and his descendants. And so the theory is, is that if Casper had been that baby, and if they had, say, for example, swapped and like found a baby that was already dying of natural causes, do a quick swap, send Casper off to the sticks or whatever, who cares? You know, the baby dies. And the, the the kingship passes over to, you know, the uncle, mm-hmm. Casper. Uh, and so that rumor started about 1829, and it persisted actually for many years. Actually, there were people up in the 20th century doing DNA analysis on uh, what there are believed to be remnants of Casper Hauser's hair, for example, to see if perhaps he is related to the House of Baden. 
And they actually, the results were inconclusive. It was like, uh, yeah, there's this, a strong correlation, but not quite strong enough to prove anything. And, you know, so anyway, that's where it's at. But so it's, it's a tenuous theory at best. Yeah. And it's, uh, and, 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 it, and it's not supported by some of the other facts, which is that doing a baby swap in, a, in the house of royalty is probably not that easy. You know? I wouldn't think so. I yeah. would imagine that would be something that they would try to make very hard. Uh, you would think so, yeah. Okay. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S., That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. But anyway, that was, uh, that was a widely believed theory. And uh, so therefore, that, that kind of like lends support to this whole thing that a guy shows up and threatens him if he ever leaves Nuremberg, you know, his life is forfeit and yada, 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 and slashes him with a knife. And so anyway, a bunch of stuff went by. Um, he was living with, out of the tutelage of various people, many of which he seemed to eventually alienate. And then at the very end, he winds up uh, stabbed in the chest fatally. It took him three days to die. But he, oh, that's yeah. not fun. No, not really. No. So he, uh, so December eighteen thirty-three. So this is five days or five years, excuse me, after he was actually found. Comes home with a, a wound in his chest, and he claims that he was lured to the Ansbach Court Garden uh, in Nuremberg, and that a stranger tried to hand him a purse, and then while handing the purse, stabbed him in the chest. And uh, the message, there, there was a message in the purse because the police went to the park and they found it. And the message read, and Hauser will be able to tell you quite precisely how I look and from where I am. To save Hauser the effort, I will tell you myself from where I come. Blank, blank. I come from blank, blank. The Bavarian border, blank, blank. On the river, blank, blank, blank. I will even tell you the name 
MLO. So initials. So a cryptic message. Wait, I, I, I'm confused. What's the blanks? I, were those dashes in the letter or what's going on there? I'm, I'm, I'm a little confused because I, I've seen that. But I've seen something on this story and that's never made sense to me. Yeah. I am blank. I know. Is this... Yeah, are you telling us or not? I know. Is this a, it, yeah, I know, it, to it, save it, the trouble, I will tell you, and now, now I'm not going to tell you. I'll and, tell and, you. Uh, my name is. <laughs> yeah, I, I wrote this out ahead of time so that when I got there and I could tell the coast was clear, I was going to write it in myself. I know, uh, it I seems know. weird that yeah. there's these pre-made blanks. Yeah, yeah. And so, and so anyway, uh, but again, this deepens the mystery because even though, the, it, even though there's a lot of absurdities and inconsistencies... People want to believe what they want to believe, you know, and so this a lot of people after he died were thinking, oh, he was murdered because he was a rightful prince, you know, and yada, yada. Um, Why and, was he at the park, do we know? Uh, he later said that he was tricked into going to the park with the promise of information about his mother. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, he didn't say who. I mean, obviously he had three days to die, so plenty of time to spill the beans about everything, but uh, he didn't give out, out any useful information apparently. He didn't say, for example, whether he was like sent a note or somebody told him this in person or what. And so he uh, waited by the artesian well in the park. No one came. So he went across to a monument in the park where a man was waiting for him. They walked together in the freezing cold. The man made as if to give him a document and suddenly stabbed him in the side, puncturing his lung, piercing his liver, and then ran off. He goes back, he staggers back home, saying, Mav, stab knife, da-da-da-da, gave purse, go look quickly. They go and they find the purse, and they find this note inside the purse. But this is the thing, is that the note was written, it was written in mirror script. So essentially you hold a piece of paper up to the mirror and you write backwards. So and Oh, okay, I got it, I got it, I got it. And it was folded in a, in a way that uh, was apparently characteristic of Casper of Hauser himself. How was it folded? It was folded diagonally, so if you, instead of folding it like this... So a square... Instead of hot dog or hamburger... corner to corner instead of edge to edge. So you fold it diagonally, basically. Got it. Yeah, so it was folded in a, in a manner... And so this guy, even though he was a, a clever huckster, in my opinion, uh, you know, and a very good con man, was not that bright about, you know, like covering his tracks when he did those things like forged murder notes. Um so anyway, so so I'm sorry. We do or do not know if it was just left blank, or they just never released that information, or no, it was left blank. It, it was, was left blank. blank. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. And he was stabbed. Joe, you said In the left chest, left side of the chest, left side of the chest, through the lung and into the liver. Yeah. Is that a direct or an upward stroke or a downward stroke? Do well, that's the thing that's kind of mysterious about the whole thing because, it, you know, if it needed is true that his liver was punctured, as you know, your liver is on the right side of your chest. I mean, it's like it's not all on the right side, but, but in order to stab somebody through the lung and into the liver and into the liver, that's, that, you know, you're talking about mm, at least four or five inches mm -hmm. of knife, if not longer. And so, the is, and is it an easy way to stab yourself? Well, that was the thing. Is the speculation is that he stabbed himself to get attention, uh. Uh, and the same thing with the the the, the slashing of the forehead incident, mm. where this guy threatened that if he ever left the city of Nuremberg, that he would be his life was forfeit, mm -hmm. and that is that he was just trying to keep his little legend alive because 
he liked the attention. And also, by the way, that, that kept people coming to him, like Lord Stanhope, who were benefactors who would actually pay for his, you know, pay for his expenses and stuff like that and keep sure. him, and keep him, you know, going. So essentially he, he screwed up and he, it, the first time he slashed himself, it wasn't that deep. So, Hey, I can do it again, but now yes. I have this knife yeah. and uh Oh, that went way deeper than I expected. Yeah. And that hurts a lot more. Yeah. And that's that. Well, that's the thing about it. That is a little mysterious though, is because like, if you want to, if you want to like stab yourself, you know, I mean, I mean, driving a knife that deep into your body, even by accident, is pretty difficult. I mean, for a forensic uh, specialist did did actually agree that it's entirely possible that he could have inflicted the wound on himself. Mm-hmm. But if you think about it, if you're going to puncture your lung and your liver, well, you got to drive that knife in pretty damn pretty deep. far. Yeah, yeah. So maybe well, somebody did stab him, but at the same time. There are people around who didn't like Casper because apparently the guy was a really major flaming jerk. And he was widely regarded as, as a huge liar by the people that knew him very well. So it's like the public who didn't know him well were all enraptured by his story. But the people that actually spent a lot of time with him all uniformly seemed to come away convinced that the guy was a massive liar. Well, I, I can see, okay, I can see that somebody did it. But I can also see a guy who isn't that smart about things. Uh, we've all seen movies where somebody's going to fake that they got beat up, and so they they run their head into the door frame yeah. and then go, "Oh wow, that really hurts more than I thought." Yeah. And I could just see him going, "I need to jab this in, but I know that." As soon as I stab myself, it's going to hurt, and I'm going to pull it out, and it's not going to be so, credible enough. So he's going to so, slam himself against the wall. Yes, yeah, exactly. I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to, okay, okay, one, two, three, oof, oh, oh, I shouldn't have used the 18-inch knife. Ow, that's yeah. more than I expected. Yeah. yeah. I, I can see that happening because people have poor judgment and poor pre-planning about these kind of things. As we well know, you see things like that in the news all the time. So did they yeah. ever find the knife? No, uh, actually they didn't. And it's, it's actually one of those things, too, where it was, he was lying on his deathbed. He was probably thinking, wow, I really should have sterilized that blade before I ran. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, jeez. <laughs> yeah, dumbass. Yeah, now, uh, they did find the purse with the note in it, of course. Uh, getting back to the beginning, the letters he carried with him, one of which was from supposedly his mother. The other one was from the guy who raised him in the dark little cell on the ground. Yeah. They were written in the same handwriting. Uh, so that what? Was like, yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Say that again? They were written in the same handwriting. Wow. Yeah. And so, yeah. Are those notes still around? I mean, do, do, uh, are they still around at all? I, you know, I, that's a good question. I don't know. That's, I, I really don't know. Uh, because if Casper is so nefariously devious he's so de- nefarious is right but so devious about making things for himself then i would say well let's compare the quote-unquote mirror script handwriting letter uh-huh. to the ones that say i want to be in the cavalry and see if they're the same handwriting because that would prove if he did it himself or not mm-hmm. yeah yeah the note uh the note in the purse they're not specific about this but the note that was found had a spelling error and a grammatical error both of which were fairly typical for him. So the writing wasn't necessarily a, a, a smoking a smoking gun, but apparently those errors were kind of a little bit of smoking gun. You know, it, again, it's hard to say, but it appears to me that the guy was just a fraud. 
and that and made up this weird shtick that would get him some attention and get him and get him taken care of versus just being this peasant kid who's a homeless kid living in the streets of Germany and whatever. And it seemed to work really well for him. Except, you know, um, his, like, megalomania sort of, like, you know, took over and uh, eventually killed him. He killed himself with the knife. Accidentally. Accidentally. Or somebody stabbed him. It could quite be. Maybe somebody just didn't like him and decided to stab him. When was he stabbed? Uh, December 1833. So it's it's December in Nuremberg, which means it's covered in snow. Cold and snowy. Okay. Yeah. So they went back to find where he was at and follow his blood trail from where he came from. Absolutely. They go to the park. And they found they found his footprints and no other footprints. Was there paths in the area that were kept up to be clear that he could have been walking on if no. there was the second person? Uh, yeah, exactly. You know, again, the, the accounts are a little vague on that whole thing. All they say is they found his footprints in the snow and no one else's, which implies to me... That if the paths were, had been cleared, they hadn't been cl- you know cleared after every snow flurry, and so they were able to find his footprints, but nobody else's, which is why they thought he had stabbed himself. Well, I'll and play. That's de- why other people like this Frank? What's his name that I read years ago? Well, I'll play devil's advocate. Let's yeah. say that the paths were relatively clear, yeah, and you only find one set of footprints, and that's because he walked off onto the path. Found the, met the person, got stabbed, and walked back. Well, the other person would probably, stay, stay for a fast give, getaway, yeah, exactly, stay. stay uh, I want to run as fast as I, I can. Let's not go through six inches of snow. Let's just go through a clear path and wow. just hustle out of here. Yeah, and yeah, unfortunately, on all the accounts that I've read, nobody gives that amount of detail about about whether the paths have been cleared. Well, it's two hundred years stuff. ago, of course yeah, not. We're not they, so, the so accounts were not as detailed as they are now. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I mean, no, it might be that if you could research it, there might somebody might have written a, a very detailed account that actually had that information in it. But I haven't seen it. But uh, it's quite um, possible. How old did Casper appear, appear to be? Did he appear? to be the age he claimed or uh, they said it was, he, he appeared to be between the ages of, of 15 and 18 when he showed up that's what they thought so he maybe looked younger than yeah and he was it was in 18 the year 1828 and he had these letters claiming that he had been born in 1812 so they assumed the letters were true and that he was 16 huh. um, perhaps he was a little older so if he was 16 then according to that account if he's 16 he died at 21 uh, yeah he died he died pretty young yeah, that yeah. is really young. It's really young today. Yeah. yeah. And goodness, yeah. they gave him beer when he was sixteen. I know. They yeah. gave him beer and sausage. <laughs> yeah, dumbass spat it out. You know, are you kidding me? Yeah. So anyway, uh, it's one of those eternal mysteries, but it uh, persists to this day. Uh, they did DNA analyses. Obviously, DNA analysis has not been around for very long. Uh, Derek Spiegel uh, reported an attempt to match a blood sample from underpants, assumed to have been his, uh, and apparently. Apparently, they were the wrong underpants because in 2002, this was in 96 when Der Spiegel reported this. In 2002, the Institute for Forensic Medicine for the University of Munster analyzed hair and body cells from locks of hair and items of clothing that had belonged to him. The items all matched DNA-wise. They did not match the blood from the 1996 thing, Hmm. which means that they were using the wrong blood. They found that they compared that to a DNA segment from Astrid von Medinger. I think I pronounced that right. It sent it in the female line of Stephanie uh, de Boharnes, I think I'm pronouncing that right, who is from the House of Baden. 
they were not identical, but it was definitely a, a, a possibility that there was a relationship between Casper Hauser and the House of Baden. But now on the, the other the, hand, the, the DNA sample that they were referencing against was that someone that was alive at the same time or someone in modern times? This, I don't know. I assume that was somebody in the House of Baden that was actually alive and willing to provide a sample. So modern times. So we've got 200 years of between for genetics to change. So that would add the mystery or the inconclusive uh, inconclusiveness. Yeah. And so, yeah. So there was, there was a high, there was a relatively high similarity in DNA, not enough to be conclusive. Um, and as far as matching the DNA with Stephanie Dubuharnais, um, who would have been his mother or the child that was buried, because obviously their their remains are known and they could be dug up and mm. we get a little DNA. The, the House of Baden does not permit that. Shocking. Shocking. Mm. I don't think I would permit it either, actually. Oh, uh, there's this urban legend that this guy is related to us. So Let's just go ahead and dig up all our old relatives. Yeah, what the heck? Yeah, exactly. So... Uh, so yeah. Anyway, it's uh, an interesting little thing, which is you know may maybe all that stuff was true, but mostly I think it's probably a fraud, and I think a lot of people bought into it because people wanted to buy it, want to buy into lurid stuff like that. So you're yeah. you're you're convinced he's a sham? Uh, not a hundred percent, but you know, ninety five percent convinced he's a sham. Yes. How about you, Devin? Yeah. I don't know. I I don't know where I come down on this. I think that. It's hard for me to imagine someone being so desperate for attention that they would stab themselves that deep, even by accident. But I I don't really know where I stand on it. I'd have to do a little more research, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I I I have mixed feelings on it. So I don't I don't say that he was a huckster or sham, mm-hmm. but I don't say I, I I'm not convinced that it was the way that Casper said it happened. Uh-huh. The only reasons that I say that is I've I've read some accounts of this and the things that didn't ring true for me against Casper is the fact that the incident where he his he somebody barged in on him in the bathroom and and cut him in the forehead. Yeah. The the problem that I had with that and there's uh, other accounts that were similar where he had, evidently he had a couple of run-ins of getting stabbed or beat up and stuff like that by bad people is that in that particular one where he got his head cut, they followed the blood trail. Yeah, exactly. From the bathroom to his room and then to the cellar where he had gone to hide. Yeah. And it's see, it's very plausible and people said, well, he didn't really think this through very well as he cut himself and then said, Oh, what am I going to do with the razor? Went back, washed it off, went back to his room, put it in his room, and then went and hid, mm-hmm. which seems like poor planning, which a lot of these things seem as if from the outside they're very sensational, but once you look at them, it's very poorly planned, yeah, which yeah. is somebody who's got this great idea, but they just don't think about how to tie it together. And so it just, yeah. it's really loose and yeah, and there's the whole, nothing credible about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. The whole idea that, you know, like say, for example, I mean, if, if I was, if I was stabbed or slashed by somebody, uh, I, I, I would run to where there were people. Exactly. Exactly. I wouldn't run and hide in a cellar where I'm isolated and I could be stabbed again. You know, it doesn't make sense. Well, and, and, and here's and, the here's the other problem with that. Do you? And this is again, I've seen this in the accounts, and and the accounts 
that's the hard part is the accounts are 200 years old. People are interpreting them because the Not language is different now yeah. than it was then. Yeah. But the accounts talk about the fact that he had been in a big argument or been chastised by his the people that were currently hosting him in their yeah. home. So he's in trouble. Yeah. He got in trouble and he, he got his hand slapped for doing something wrong and bad. And he wanted to get in everybody's good graces. So... I'm going to get attacked yeah. and everybody will love me and hug me and forget about that I did wrong. Yeah. It, it's it's very it's like a 5-year-old or a 3-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. I I yeah. I the cat broke that. I didn't break I that. Say, oh god, yeah. the kitty scratched me kind of Yeah, I was going to say that actually might be evidence for him actually being a part of the royal family because that's very indicative of inbreeding. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, and the, the, that's so true, but you know, but the thing about it is, is it's true. Is it, you know what what ha- was consistent about him was what, he was taken in by a lot of different people and families and stuff, and consistently he managed to alienate all of them, mm-hmm. every yeah. single one of them, uh, because of every one of them came away with the impression that he was an incredible liar, and a, you know, and a fraud. And um, oh, there's something else I was going to say. Yeah, this, this another another huge glaring inconsistency or just whatever you want to call it, is the claim to have been kept for 16 years in a little hole and be fed nothing but bread and water. Well, excuse me, you would die. I mean, you know, that's, I mean, seriously. That's very true. Yeah, you're not going to, you're not going to be able to survive on that diet. I'm sorry. And so there were just a number of, like I said, you got, he comes into town with two letters written in the same handwriting by, written by two people 16 years apart, and, but they're in the same handwriting. And so I think well, this is the, the, the strongest the best answer for this whole thing is that many, many people wanted to believe something that was just outlandishly silly. And, well, they, and people they want talk, to believe. And they yeah, and they do want to believe. And so and so even to this day, people believe in this crap. Well, obviously, we're curious about wanting, possibly wanting to believe, because we're still doing stories like this. This is what we do. We all look into this stuff because uh-huh. we still we find it fascinating. So, I mean, we're we're almost on the same level. It's just that we have the benefit of uh, all this research high, coming yeah. ahead of and us. Super high IQs and just really super good looks. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. 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 We've got it, all that that the, you people out there don't have. Sorry. It's yeah. Just, you know, I, I get off the model runway. I yeah. take off my awesome sunglasses. I shake out my full head of hair, and I walk. And I, I go ahead and I start researching stuff like this because that's that's just that's, what my life is. When I can walk the runway. That's not what I do. What I do is I, I jump in the Ferrari with my intern. My intern is just taking notes as I'm speeding down, speeding on the highway in Malibu. You know, at 90 miles an hour. Uh, yeah, that's so. How, that's kind of how it works for me. How about you, Devin? How's how's it worked for you. I'm not a model, so you're not? I don't know. I thought you were. <laughs> no. oh, that's it. You're out. Oh, you have to be a model. I thought, oh, I thought we were doing mysteries. I uh, think. If you want to find out more about Casper Hauser, we will have links on our website, which is thinkingsidewayspodcast.com. And also, if you have any more information, uh, any theories, uh, you know, or just complaints. Or if you are like Casper Hauser. Oh, yeah. If you are Casper Hauser or descended from Casper Hauser or descended from the House of Baden, then we would like to hear from you. So please uh, send us an email at thinkingsidewayspodcast at gmail.com. Anyway, that's it for tonight. Uh, we will talk to you guys soon. Uh, I am Joe. Good night. I'm Devin, and good night.
This is Steve, and I'll be talking to you soon.
From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.